if it didn't work, I can make it a rental again. Yeah, like, yeah, true. You know, so true. that's that was my mindset. Or in this market, you can always sell it. I'm not selling anything. <laughs> I get called out. Like, yeah. I learned that before. Yeah. And then what am I going to do with the money? Like, I could buy. I mean, everything's so elevated. That's the struggle yeah, right now in Arizona. True. You're listening to the Azria Show. If you're looking for quality real estate investing information that you can trust, you've found it. Stay tuned and join the tens of thousands of members that have already benefited from Azria, your home for education, market information, support, and networking opportunities that will advance your real estate investing career. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, Azria, to the Azria Show. We have another great episode, and we have our guest today, who is Flip. And we'll be talking to Flip about short-term rentals. We'll be talking to Flip about rentals, everything that he's been doing as far as real estate investing. But before we do that, we always got to talk to our co-host, Mike Delpreet. How hello, are you doing, hello. Mike? What's up, man? Thanks for having me, Marcus. All right. Well, he's being modest, but Mike is the executive director of Azria and he's joining us on the show like he always do. So, yes, sir. Mike, thanks for being here. Yeah. Thank you. As you guys can see, if you're visual, if you're on YouTube, we're in our new studio. So something a little bit different. But before we get started, man, Flip, kind of introduce us to yourself, who you are. I know you go by Flip, but give us your whole name and what you do as far as a real estate investor. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Michael and Marcus. And Love the studio and the new setup. You're, you're the Great. first guest, man. Yep. No first way. guest. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Inaugural. Okay. All right. Yeah, I didn't know about that, but yes, now I'm feeling, feeling special. So thank yep. you. Well, so 23 years in Arizona, over a thousand flips now. And nice. you and I go way back. Yes, sir. To what, 2010? Yep, easy. The wholesale deals. <laughs> and so we both survived we did. the whole recession and about two years ago i gave up flipping all i do is short-term rentals right mm -hmm. now okay right. so so what made you decide to do that transition from flipping to just short-term rentals flipping to me marcus is a job so meaning if yeah. i wasn't in town the job wasn't getting done right so yeah. there's a lot of management a lot of hand holding and i still flip but i flip to Short term. short term. So okay. I'll buy some older properties and convert them, work on and renovate them. But the time isn't as pressed. I don't have to get, I'm still pressing to get it done. But like with flipping, you know, hard money costs, there's a lot mm -hmm. of, so, and the sustainability is what I love about the model with short term, because I was in Hawaii. I was getting ringtones on my phone, making money. I'm like, this Love is it. amazing. Well, yeah. well, we went to, let's talk, we're, we're definitely going to cover short-term rentals. Yes. That definitely want to know what you're doing in today's market, but there's a lot to, a lot to learn from you, Flip, because you started, when was your first year investing? Let's see, late nineties. Late nineties. Okay. Yeah. So there's yeah, a lot I, there. So, so what did you start? how do you get it? You know, what, what strategy did you, how'd you learn what you start doing? So. Let's see. I don't know if you remember Carlton Sheets. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So bought his course. Yeah, um, it's real. And it's real, real deal, Holyfield. And mm -hmm. then I was selling copiers when I graduated. My first job from ASU was 
getting doors slammed in my face a lot. And then I went to a Fortune 100 company called Automatic Data Processing Payroll Service. Okay. Great company. They had a stack of resumes. Six interviews later, I was hired as a sales rep. Mm -hmm. I had to sit the bench. So even back then, you know, having mentors meant a lot. So I knew the value of mentorship. So um, I had Tom Bowden and Charles Richardson. They were my they were the executive sales guys and they mentored me. So I go out, do drive-bys. We, you know, I go in the car, go in meetings, similar to the real estate stuff yeah, we're, right. we're mentoring now. So that was amazing. So I did that. So you built up sales skills. Sales skills. Because okay, ADP, okay. Uh, Michael, their sales training is top notch. Okay. So they're based on New Jersey. They're, like I said, Fortune 100 company, mm-hmm. but them and paychecks are the le- industry leaders so okay. to get in with them was was quite an accomplishment i felt and then this every week we'd have about three sales trainings and so it, it was it was really it's a consultative sale it wasn't a hard sale they wanted you to be more of a consultative yeah okay. so learned a great deal doing that so about six months later i got my own territory south phoenix was mm-hmm. industrial i loved it i had a great manager, Michael Marino, mm-hmm. Italian buddy. He was highly motivated. He was, and it's a net, I, I didn't know he had worked there, but I got, cause I knew him in college. He was mm-hmm. a president of fraternity. Okay. And so okay. I, I ended up getting blessed to be able to work for him as my manager. He, his car was in the parking lot at six in the morning. He wouldn't leave till like 10 at night. So wow. he motivated me even being self-motivated. I'm like, damn, this guy is hustling. Mm-hmm. He was a New Jersey guy. He owns some big company in DC now in the industry. And so he was really my, I had a mentor in the copier business, but then Michael Marino at ADP. Mm-hmm. So what had happened is Charles Richardson, him and I hit it off. He was a Midwest dude and we started climbing the mountain. I'm like, Charles is driving this car, that car. He's not working too much at ADP. What's he doing? So yep, yep. he was in real estate. Oh, okay. Yeah, there so goes. that was my connection to real estate. I befriended Charles and, you know, he was doing rentals at the time. He wasn't flipping. Okay. And okay. so that's what kind of got me. So he exposed you. So you're working the nine to five sales commission, that whole Good thing. Good W2 though. That was a yeah. real blessing because I was able to, no debt, was able to qualify okay so we like to say that a lot right. like sometimes yeah. like people think you know they want to quit real estate right and jump right in or it's not just quit their day job and jump yeah. into real estate however the the access to loans yeah. is huge right so you yeah. said he wasn't even flipping he was just working and he obviously was in sales as he well. was sales and executive and he was doing a good six figures at that time that was 20 some years ago and so that was a lot of money and he was just able to you know tax returns so Yep. That's, that's so he takes the, the chunks of cash he's making in sales and he's probably parking it in real estate. Yes. And just building that. Okay. That's what right. he, that's awesome, he yeah. taught me. And so I was able to buy my first property with little out of pocket in Chandler. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's off Elliott for Still some local. No, I sold it. I know. Elliott and the 101. Mm-hmm. It was just a, it was a uh, townhome was my okay. first investment, but I was okay. able to qualify and from there, I bought something up in Scottsdale, okay. and I house hacked that property in Scottsdale. So before that, it's called house hacking, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just yeah. yeah. So that I had three roommates, and 
my mortgage was like 1300 bucks at the time and they were each paying I think 400 so so you had a rental you you had a second property or a house hacking it and how, how that what else happened how'd you get it full-time how that process went man you know when you're done you're done so at ADP yep. I just didn't have that same like passion I saw Michael left my mentor manager and one of my teammates came and he wanted he was assigned as my manager and there's just I just was ready for some change okay. and wasn't happy deep down and so it was a pivotal point I just eventually thanked them and ended yeah. up leaving the company okay. how did how did your sales skills learn in that training you know translate into real estate now big time big time because back then we didn't have cell phones or whatever but one of the things that they teased me about in the office is I'd be door knocking same thing we door knock yep. on houses now but like I come back with a stack of cards they know that's going to translate into sales so even though it was consultative we work with CPAs banks one of my big things was I come back with a stack of cards and mm -hmm. you know just okay. that was the hustle that I had to do and uh just watching other salespeople and we we go over numbers it was very mm -hmm. you know very structured with the, the corporate you had to hit a certain quote every week and you know well and that's and that's very important because a lot of people think that you know once you get into real estate it's a magic pill money's just gonna right. flood in but you, you still got to do that grind work right i mean even 10 times harder at least because you don't have these leads coming in you're like you got to wrap it up you're right right you got to not only generate the leads but then got to go in door knock call or whatever to yes, those sir. leads yeah, yeah and then close them too yeah right? yeah, yeah yeah real estate's a business right so it, it you have to use those business fundamentals you got to understand the business process it doesn't matter what is real estate you know any industry you're in yeah. there's still the fundamentals of business and you said a lot right the sales skills follow-up follow-up was big we have yeah, a tickler yep. you gotta hit them so, mm -hmm. so the goals yeah. quotas so it's called farming so you farm the area yep. and, you know, absolutely man. okay well, so you got your first few deals in there and uh so that leads into you know going into the 2000s i'm assuming somewhere so you're, yeah. you're going into the boom i okay so i left adp you know your loved ones think you're crazy and my yep. parents were like what are you doing yep. you had a great job and mm -hmm. i'm like i just wasn't happy and mm -hmm. so it was interesting I, I i had a young family at the time or one daughter and i left and i thought all of a sudden that i was gonna flip and make all this money didn't work like that the first flip was off 67th avenue thomas mm -hmm. i didn't really know any subcontractors anyone to help me uh-huh because uh, charles was doing rental so it was a totally different totally game different. but i wanted to flip you had to pay some bills yeah yeah and so i made like a grand on that first flip like, Ooh, wow <laughs> it was bad but prior to that i'm like i gotta form a team so i had to figure out title company i had yep. to figure out cpa i had to figure out where to get the private money so i i wrote all that down and then i went out and chased it like yep. there wasn't Instagram, Facebook, I had to ask people like, yep. who's a good title company? Yep. And from the title company, she gave me my hard money lender. So a lot of those people I worked with for years, overfields at security title and, you mm -hmm. know, some private money up in Paradise Valley. And so 
as long as you get a plan in place, things will work out. But like, you can't be just throwing blind yeah, darts yeah. where, where you headed. So you, I had to know what I was structured setting up and then where'd you get your information? I know you said Carl cheat. So when you quit your job, you're like, I'm going to flip. You never did a flip before. And then they're like, no, I got to come up with some type of plan. So how do you know what pieces to kind of put in your plan? I mean, I just kind of winged it. Probably. Swing it? Like, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. I get yeah. it. Yeah. I was calling out of the new times or back whatever. Like, I don't even re- like there wasn't this where you look up everything. So yeah. like, Hey, are you an electrician? Can you meet me down here? Are mm-hmm. you a roofer? So that was frustrating because it just, right. you had to figure out who would show up, who may not show up. So not only were you hustling to find a deal, but she was hustling to get the contractors, the money, right. you know, everything like that. And a lot of people don't take that into consideration. They think, well, only thing I got to do is find a deal, but it's, it's a lot more to it. And you just expressed that. There's a lot that goes into it. And I probably felt that, well, there wasn't flippers back in the day. So like, like, is that legal? People were asking, yeah. like, what do you mean is it legal? You just buy the house, put some money into mm-hmm. it, and turn and sell it. And yep. so that was the question I got. And so anyway, what had happened is the first couple of years were hard as hell. They were like, uh-huh. I wasn't making nearly what I was making at ADP. I had a 401k and some savings that I had cashed out from ADP to survive. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it wasn't working. Like I was trying my hardest, but it just, the deals weren't coming in where young, young wife, young daughter yep. at home. And I'm like, I need to do something, but I'm not going back to nine to five. So, so let me ask you this. Let me jump right in because okay. I know a lot of people hit that spot. You know, they transition from the corporate and they say, I'm going to get out here and I'm going to be an entrepreneur. Just that whole entrepreneur mindset is, you know, I got to get out here and make things happen. But how did you feel when things wasn't Ooh, happening? <laughs> I mean, it's hard. It's like you're some sleepless nights in there. Like uh-huh. you know, you're trying to figure out how to pay the SRP bill. Like it's because you run out of money pretty quick. Yeah. Yes, you yeah. Do. So, and then not only that, you're looking back and you're like, you got people, family and friends saying, well, why don't you go back to ADP? Exactly. Why don't you go back to ADP? Another payroll job. I'm like, I'm not doing that stuff. <laughs> like, I, I only had one plan and that was to do well at real estate. So mm-hmm. what I did is I was with this church I was going to at the time. So happened to be on the, we did, went to Mexico. One of the dudes was an entrepreneur. His name is was David. And so... I was telling him about the passion of real estate. Next thing you know, he's like, well, I have a nut commodities business. So I didn't realize this. He was extremely wealthy. Mm-hmm. He lived up in North, North Scottsdale. He's like, why don't you come in and talk to me about a sales job? I'm like, all right. So I, I did that. And at first he wanted me to come work in his office. And thankfully he never pushed me. I, yeah. I did sales out of the home in Scottsdale mm-hmm. and I was working most of the time with building the real estate. Like I was doing a lot of envisioning, like back then visualization was really mm-hmm. big. I go mm-hmm. make all these boards and just visualize yeah. it. And Great. so from there though, David paid me a good 
commission plus salary selling peanuts and almonds over the phone. Wow, and literally so, peanuts and almonds. Yeah, that's, yeah, okay. that's what his company does. He had a roaster in Fresno, near Fresno, and he would sell truckloads of raw. It's a high level. So I would just that's sell cool. the roasted product, but he would move walnuts, almonds. So it was a whole new industry that it just. So he had a commodities business. Commodities. And like I said, he he was he crushes it at the time. And okay. so that was really a transition where I didn't want to go to the nine to five, but I needed to make some money, mm -hmm. but I didn't want to go to an office. And so, cause I wanted to spend most of my time chasing the real estate. Real estate yeah. right. So that allowed me to figure mm -hmm. out how to survive until I really started making enough to okay. pay the bills. Did, did he lend on any of your deals? David? Yeah. No, no. He okay. was just all, all his stuff was in his commodities business. Okay, yeah. cool. So you had that happy medium, like you said. It wasn't full-time where you had to go to the office, and it wasn't nothing where you could just focus 100% on real estate, but you had found that happy medium. Happy medium. Yeah, and that's, that, that's part of that psychology of success is knowing what do I need at this moment? You know, because a lot of people, especially entrepreneurs, we face it where, okay, this is not working. What am I going to do? We start to beat up on ourselves right. and everything like that. And then we make a bad decision yeah. and we end up going back to corporate or something like that. And, and it's easy to throw in the towel, right? Like absolutely. there was many times I wanted to, I'm like, ah, I just, I was close, but I'm mm -hmm. like, ah, you know, I just, I, I always see the cup half full. So that's just my optimism. Like, no, you, I'm like, there's something good coming. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. You hit it right when you're saying vis visualization and stuff like that, because when I can just say when you're thinking about it and you're working towards that picture and you're moving forward, things happen. I don't even want to like when you're working, it falls in your lap. Yeah. It, right. It, like so that guy coming into your life gave you an idea or an option to kind of put you in that position to keep going. Right. So, you know, that's awesome. Man. And, yeah. and it's and like the those who work get what they yeah. mm -hmm. put in the work. It's going to happen. Right. Yeah. So it's it's not just luck. You have to put in actual work every single day. And, I, and I'm glad you said the word luck, because that's what a lot of people from the outside they see. They say, OK, well, you know, Flip had a couple of lucky breaks. Mike had a couple of lucky breaks. Marcus had a couple of lucky breaks. But we got the luck because of the work that we put in yeah. so it wasn't and you're gonna we got the luck, right yeah. it you're wasn't gonna, we got we got lucky and then we got the success no we did all of the work and then one lucky thing happened like you said your circle of influence with david pushed you and now he was able to say all right well i don't have to be full-time but this will help put food on the table while i still do real estate yeah chasing Great, my man. passion so and then I was doing that for about three when I went left David after two did three on my own. Then my big mentor, Jerry mm -hmm. came into my life around, I don't know, maybe Oh, four Oh five. And we had a business for five years, right before the recession, I'd learned a ton. He had been in real estate for 30 years. So let's talk about the, the, the building up before the recession. That's kind of wanted to oh, yeah. dive into a little bit. So, well, well, Mike, before we do that, let's take a brief okay, break. Okay. Here, a word from our sponsors. And then when we come back, we'll talk about the build up to the recession and what Flip did. Awesome. Thank you. This episode of the Azria Show is brought to you by Azria Business Associate, Zona Law Group. Zona Law Group handles numerous real estate matters with a focus on landlord-tenant law in Arizona. For more information, 
visit their site at zona.law. All right. And we're back. We're here with Michael Dale Preet and Flip, and we're talking about flipping and short-term rentals and the market. So, Mike, before we left, you was going to ask Flip a question. Kind of go back and let's dig into that a little bit more. Now, I'm just curious, right? Because, you know, history always repeats itself, right? What goes up comes down. Yep. You know, Flip's been in the business long enough where he experienced an up and a down. So, I would just like to know, you know, A, before, you know, what were you doing and how was the business in, you know, oh, two, three, four, five? How was that for you? Right? It was hard. It was freaking. What were you doing? Like, you know, what, kind I mean, of, what model were you doing? What strategy? Yeah. So again, network, network, bro. Okay. Like I was, there wasn't a ton of wholesalers, but I knew them all. Mm-hmm. And they started like, so one of the things I used to do is carry the checkbook. So mm-hmm. I'd always carry the checkbook. So if I were going to meet you at a property, you were wholesaling, you would call me. So it's not like it is today on the internet or anything. Yep. So Troy would call me, Hey, Flip, I got a property down in, you know, central Phoenix. I'm like, all right, I'll be there. So I dropped everything to meet because I knew Troy had good deals. Mm-hmm. I bring a checkbook. And if I wanted the deal, I'd write a $10,000 check. Got it. So mm-hmm. that, form of commitment like he knew it was real he knew i was gonna do what i said so that's to me that that yeah. that matters you're that matters a right, lot right. like if you say you're gonna do something take the deal and mm-hmm. then i did that with a lot of wholesalers and they kept bringing in their deals because they knew i was gonna follow through so so you're buying a lot of deals from wholesalers and uh, were you flipping them what were you doing um yes so at that time i was flipping and i held maybe under 10 i I started doing rentals too because i had those first couple and Mm -hmm. that one i house hacked i ended up keeping that we grew got a different house up the street in scottsdale but so it was mainly flipping okay and then i got introduced oh i was wholesaling too Mm -hmm. so i was wholesaling what didn't you do (laughs) i mean (laughs) the, the thing marcus i learned and i was taught lock the deal up then yep. you got four yep. uh, you got a yep. you bunch got of options. different options so still to this day i do yeah. the same thing bro just yep. lock it up mm-hmm. and so jerry i there was this house on 10th and bethany i want to say and he had been retired since 50 years old and he moved to the valley at 66 and he's like i need something to do i think i'm gonna buy a house in Phoenix and fix it. He brought his wife with him. He's like, I'll take it. And I preferenced it up front. I need a $10,000 check. I never met Jerry. Mm-hmm. And so what he did, he gave me the check. And then he called me that night. He's like, Flip, I don't want to do real estate. I've been retired for all these years. And my wife wants to do this to the house. I want to do this to the house. So just keep the 10,000 and I really didn't, I'm not going to take the 10,000. It's just kind of Mm -hmm. a thing to secure it. And so I'm like, no, I'm going to give you your 10 back. So what I did, the market was so hot. Then I called another guy wholesaled it. I gave Jerry a portion of those proceeds. Mm -hmm. And so he made money from that deal. And since then we became friends he became a mentor and then we formed an llc together and we did a lot of properties perfect perfect so that's great man and 
it just kind of you guys were partners throughout that whole time yes for about five years before we lost almost everything in like wow 2008 2009 that was another so hard part what do you do you see any sim- similarities now compared to that time frame so jerry had been through three recessions okay. and the one that we went through in 2008 2009 that was a crisis so, yeah for sure um you know this what we're encountering now is it's not dealing with the financial markets but i i know it's going to level off at some point you yeah. know everything comes up it goes mm-hmm. down some but yeah. like we'll see how far it goes like yeah we no got a lot knows. of strong signs in the economy besides the inflation right mm-hmm. now but things are still- but do, you, do you notice anything like any similarities like uh just the, the way the market is way you know just you know when the, they say oh the janitor starts flipping houses like do you do you notice any, anything along those lines um, or that you could call out you know what i think that has changed so much we're doing a ton of property in maryville down mm-hmm. here in west mm-hmm. phoenix and i'm not a realtor i just had ken who sold a lot of them but they were doing loans to people who couldn't qualify. Oh yeah. Like it's like, yeah. how did they qualify? And I, you know, at the time I really didn't think about it because I was just selling the like Ken was selling mm-hmm. them. And so that's what really messed up everything. Like these people, they didn't have to prove income. They didn't have to prove job history. They just signed mm-hmm. their name. And I feel like a lot of them didn't know what they were signing and then it would be a teaser rate all of a sudden the mortgage would be a thousand then it go up to like two thousand in three months so there was no way they could sustain owning that house what was maryville trading for at that time (sighs) dang do do you remember man yeah i could tell you the certain square footage no no like the price was maryville selling for before the crash oh man we we actually had about six properties retail on the market a lot of them got locked up and we're ready to close and we'd be driving down the 101 oh that mortgage broker closed his door oh, their man. doors today oh, so wow. like yeah it, it slowly started to implode and we're mm-hmm. like wow what is going okay. on like there was so much uncertainty yeah yeah are um, you seeing some of those similarities now because i know i i hear a lot about you know loans where you don't know no doc loans and everything like that now are you i believe there's more regulation Mm -hmm. on the mortgage industry the appraisers too like they were just appraising for ungodly amounts it's like how yeah i don't see any financial like loan situations like that yeah it was just a historic thing that was very painful and so you lost it all huh except for two i all kept right. two properties i got divorced i lost everything bro. Like, <laughs> it was a rough time and, and you didn't quit and, oh shoot what else would i know i don't know anything else like i'm i can't do anything exactly. so kept going as right? fate would have it i met two canadians i okay. think that's when you and i met yeah, i yeah. met two lady from two ladies from canada they were teaching investors from Canada, how to invest in the United States. Mm-hmm. So they would funnel me all their clients, Winnipeg, Calgary. I met people from all over the different provinces that yeah. kept Arizona, you remember, kept Arizona mm-hmm. afloat. Yeah, so 100%. China, Australia, Australia, New Zealand California, was back out yeah. here. Yeah. The US was on sale at the time. It was sale. deep discounts. And my buddy Frank, he bought 
he might have bought 120 properties in Maryville. Like he wow. still owns them, but he nice. was paying 30 cents, 20 cents on the dollar. Yeah, man, there's yeah. a new, so you know, when markets change or shift in some way, where whatever they do, they'll just be new buyers. Like you just yes. got to adapt to the changes. Someone will come along. I believe so, yeah. international, because there was yeah. no US buyers, because our economy was just yeah. in the mm -hmm. doldrums. And like, we couldn't even like, we didn't know what was going to happen. So we had a bunch of Washington mutual loans, a bunch of different mortgages we put on our rental properties. And I mean, we couldn't, the prices kept going. We had new bills too. Thankfully, we didn't go to Maricopa. We went to Gilbert, which those homes are probably worth mm -hmm. a mint now. But right. we ended up just, Jerry's like, we just got to give them back. Like, and we, we did 80 20 loans. So we had 20% cash on each deal. So well, that's right. All, there's a lot of new bills going on at that time yeah, too, right? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's what's going on now. So, so we bought right? four in Gilbert because we wholesale or didn't wholesale. We, fixed and flipped a central Phoenix property and the guy's mom, or no, he bought it for his mom in central Phoenix. And then he's like, oh, I'm building homes in Gilbert. And it was right off the 202 there in like Val Vista, but we ended okay. up buying four brand new homes there and working out something. But today I would have been set and retired. <laughs> wow. That wasn't the plan though. So okay. I have another question on that. Sure, go so, ahead. So, so with the, so Canadians helped you out, right? Introduced you to three years. Yeah. Two to three years because I, I didn't have any money. Like, what, so were they lending or were you like no, finding the I deals? was JVing. I was creating different structures. I was wholesaling. I was so they had the teaching money. them. They had a lot of money. You knew the yep. market. They had the money. Yep. Yep. Got I it. was the guy in the streets and I was mm -hmm. creating different things for them. Awesome. Based mm -hmm. on their needs. And that kept you afloat. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Until I could eventually have some of my mo own money and partner with them or start doing my own deals again. Awesome. Those relationships. Yeah. Once again, and that's it's, what we always tell people is the power of relationships in your circle of influence. I mean, that's what it's like. Network, right? Yep. 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 100%, man. You got it. So now coming up, let's, Mike, you done with the Oh, I was just going to mention yeah. okay. our relationship. So uh -huh. we go back 10, 12 years and yeah. it, it, it's a small world because some most of those guys aren't still doing it. so true yeah real estate so we met you were wholesaling i think or? yeah i was wholesaling yeah and you know we were just we had a mutual yeah yeah we, contact yeah man we the way we were getting through at that time same thing right the unique buyers out of international buyers and we were wholesaling obviously but we were going into maryville and south phoenix and picking up all the block houses, whereas, you know, everyone else was going to the auctions. Oh, you know, gotcha. a lot of people didn't even want to deal with wholesalers because you can go to with all those foreclosures, you can buy a cookie cutter, 2000 build, right? Why, why buy a junker in South Phoenix? But, right. But that's another thing that you learn too. There's a buyer in every neighborhood. For sure. You know yeah. what I mean? So and that's like, why I love the bread and butter properties. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah always, affordable housing, I, man. I always, my mentor always keep the keep those going yeah yep. yeah yeah so yeah so that yeah i'm sure we did some deals at that time you guys were up at the car wash i think yes that office yeah we had the above the tatum and uh, by the pv yep, mall yep, we yep. above the <laughs> above the car wash yeah, it was a nice place too man times have changed yeah but yeah. now you got all these seats so yeah, yeah. It's, mm -hmm. it's something about sticking to what you do and yeah, you know, keep yeah. doing it it's that perseverance and that longevity you gotta have that in order to be successful yeah, because we're, we're surrounded by a lot of younger generation. It's mm -hmm. awesome helping them. 
However, Instagram doesn't mean instant, like right now, right. right? And so that's one of the teaching moments where like, it's more of a marathon than mm -hmm. it's not a sprint. It it's like, you're going to have exactly. days that you want to quit, but like us, we just got to use that word perseverance. Yep. It's 100, you know, man, such so that's why we're here at Ezria. It's just like, that's why I'm, I'm Marks and I were glad you know, we're doing this uh, to help the younger people, right? Because anyone that's gotten the business last, how long has it been a seller's market? Like eight years. Yeah. I, mean, I don't even know. Forever. Yeah. Seems yeah. Like. So anyone that's gotten a business recently, they've just only experienced the hot market. Yeah. Everything flies off the rack. But once that stalls or slows down, you know, you got to understand, you got to learn the business. You know, you yeah, got to understand the fundamental the fundamentals so, of the yeah, business yeah. and running a business and the different strategies because the market's going to change. You're not the. It's always changing. It's, it's always, always changing. Change. And that's why I felt it was a time for me to pivot into short term. Like, there you go. Okay. That okay. Was segue like, into that. That's perfect. Yeah. perfect. So, so your pivot into short term rentals, how did that happen? What kind of go over that? When we come back, we're going to take a okay. break. And then when we Sweet. come back, we're going to talk all things short term rentals. Awesome. A supporter of today's Azria show is Azria Business Associate, Boomerang Capital Partners. They're coined as the best flip and lender, providing financing solutions to help fund your next fix and flip project. For more information, visit boomerangcapital.com. Okay, before the break, we were talking about everything in the history and the market and everything like that. Now, currently, Flip, what are you doing? We know you as the short-term rental guy, man. Kind of tell us how you stepped into that and what you're doing. Yeah, again, I took the information and learned from some mentors. Like, so I'm not trying to recreate any wheels here at all. So Sasha was my first mentor and Sasha, I taught how to wholesale mm -hmm. 10 years back. Okay. And so what he did is he wholesaled a little bit, decided to get his real estate license. And then he got involved in selling properties to clients in Arizona, but in the interim, he ended up getting into VRBO. So mm -hmm. 10 years ago, he bought his first wow. VRBO. And I'm like, dang, I don't know much about it. But so he ended up having him in Quebec because he's from Quebec originally in Palm Springs, Arizona. So we stayed in contact over the years. And then we were having lunch December 2019 in, uh, it was like 44th Street and Camelback down there. And um, he's like, yeah, Flip, great seeing you. By the way, I have a listing at 44th Street and McDowell for 189. It's an Airbnb already. I'm pretty busy with what I got going on, so I'm not going to get it. But the doctor and his wife are getting divorced and they have seven Airbnbs that I'm going to list. So I'm like, he's like, you want to go look at it right now? So when you say list, list on Airbnb no, or list for sale? Agent. So okay. he Selling. acts as an agent okay. and also has his own short-term rentals. And so I'm like, all right, let's go. You know, he's like, we could go right after lunch. I'm like, cool. So we went to look at it, built in 66, townhome, two bedroom, two bath. And he gave me first dibs. He's like, if you want it, I'll send you the financials. I'm like, dude, I don't pay, I don't pay retail. retail. <laughs> I don't pay retail. But then I saw the financials. I'm like, I'm paying retail. Right, I'm paying right. retail for this okay. thing. Because they had that one for eight years as an Airbnb. And the numbers were, I mean, wow. I only did long-term rentals. So mm -hmm. when I see 
what kind of monies they're bringing every month. I'm like, holy moly. Right. So it was an easy sale for him. I paid 188 for that. Bought it, let's see, December, January, we closed like the end of January. It had everything in it. It had all the so what, what the furniture, everything. Yeah, all I need to do is put a new sleeper sofa for a thousand bucks. Close end of January, 2020. A week later, I had my first guest. I'm like, this wow. is real. This yeah. is real. Wow. And so Sasha, then there was JM. He's a Hollywood. He lives out in California, but he bought some stuff in Scottsdale. He didn't even know, like, but he got into it and he had been doing it four years. So him and I went when he was out in town. I'm like, let's grab a coffee or drink. And my daughter actually wanted to go to these meetings. So prior to that, she hated real estate. She's uh -huh. like, you're, she's a science and math. She, mm -hmm. She's like, your job's so boring. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. But then she heard Airbnb and she went to some dinners with me and she was 16 or 17 at the time. And so we jumped, we got in February, 2020, had the first guest. I was going to buy four more. We had an escrow March of 2020. So before you, your even first guest, you're already in escrow with. Yeah. Well, those were the part of the doctors? doctor was getting okay. divorced. So they okay. were selling all the Airbnbs. Did you here. keep their, their profiles too? Or did you start from scratch? I started from scratch. Okay. So that's important. Okay. I was able to Sasha walked me through the app. We spent a couple of training sessions in his office, just learning how to enter everything and mm -hmm. learning about customer service, what's important. Cause the goal with Airbnb or any of these short terms is super host. So yeah, you, customer service, customer service. So anyway, March of 2020, COVID hits. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. I already committed to these four deals. So we had long conversations and, it just there was so much unknown we decided not to move forward we, okay. we weren't sure because just with everything going on in the world yeah so it was sure. understanding and you know i wish at this time i would have got of all course. those yeah <laughs> because the pandemic actually helped the short-term yeah. business it, it crushed it because no one wanted to stay in hotels. Yeah. Well, another so. thing, I had three one-bedroom units off of Mill Avenue. Okay. So what was happening is, yeah, people would fly into town and they would book my one-bedroom unit to quarantine for 10 days. Oh, And then there was okay. people that, there was actually one of the units, the gentleman was from India. So he would, he came to ASU just to visit his, his daughter and he couldn't go back. So he was there for like three, four months. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah so daily lucky. rate. So yeah. with the first one, everyone asked me about location. So that one is two miles from Sky Harbor. So it's it's perfect, perfect. for yep. people flying in. It's close to downtown Phoenix. And like I said, the community is built in '66. Townhome. So so is it about is it about location or is it about who you serve? Exactly. I would, I would, to answer your question, Michael, it's about who you serve. So there's people for every area, mm -hmm. every mm -hmm. area of Arizona. Yeah. I'm booked like, yeah. And then there's you, are you going out to the West side now? Yeah, we're going to Glendale. Yeah. I have stuff okay. right now in Glendale. So that is the next part where I saw that this Bellevue property, this Airbnb stuff was real. I'm like, okay, when does bob's lease expire and chandler when does you know sabrina's lease expire in 47th avenue in glendale so 
as leases were expiring, I was giving the tenant because you have to give them a notice that you're yep. not going to renew their lease. Mm -hmm. So I would do that. And then we go in and convert them to short term, short -term rentals. rentals. I didn't want any long term rentals wow. after I saw how good uh, Phoenix did. And then I second one I did was in Chandler. Mm -hmm. And so how many you have? Uh, nine right nice, now. Man. Yeah. And they're all bread and butter. Bread and butter, meaning under, well, I have the one in Chandler that skyrocketed. That's probably worth five. But every other one I bought was 150, 250, 300. Mm -hmm. And now we're doing a luxury. The family home is being converted into an Airbnb luxury because the kids are growing. And okay. So, um, so, so what, do you, what do you tell a new investor? Well, someone that wants to be in the real estate or they're trying to find their way in real estate, right? But then they want to go to Airbnb because that's where, or short-term rentals, because that's where it's at. It's exciting, right? It's sexy. What do you say to that person? Because it's, you're, you're in the hospitality business. You're not so much. I would say investor, right? get a mentor and you could call flip. A mentor. <laughs> <laughs> so we you have, gotta get, you gotta give some Azria members. You gotta give a tip. You can't leave without dropping golden nuggets, man. Yes. Yes. So what are some tips to someone that's looking to do it? What, what do you suggest? Like, dive in or no, where do they start looking i mean again reading? marcus marcus and i were talking about analysis by paralysis okay. so mm -hmm. one thing i'm not is i'm not going to overanalyze stuff i'm okay. gonna, i see it i'm going to do it like mm -hmm. that's just how i've operated over the years mm -hmm. and it's it's worked most times right like we're not we're gonna we're gonna learn all we can about the information then make okay. an educated decision but be educated on the space what's right. going on I was telling Marcus, we are launching a course we worked very hard at the last six months. So there's, you know, nine modules. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we're doing that starting end of April, May, that'll launch. Okay, and cool. um, that's a group class that's $47 a month. Mm -hmm. And then I have private one-on-one -on -one mentorship. So get with someone, the point Michael is get with someone that's really doing the business. Yeah, yeah, like, I agree. I mean, whether it's me, I would love mm -hmm. it. But if you have someone else that you know, that's doing well at the business, learn from them. Great. Right. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, to this day, every time I want to learn something new or take on something, I do the same thing, right? Even, you know, so always learning, always learning from people that are already doing. It oh, yeah. 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 And I didn't like want to recreate the wheel. That's why I went to Sasha JM. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. they were able to help me. And then there's two things about this. Like you're in the business, but you're always growing the business. So things are always changing. So I constantly have to be on my toes too, like evolving. Like Wasn't there like a new thing that just came out about the cancellation policy? Yeah. You know, I, I don't know I much read about, about that, but okay. I know let's talk a couple things like people when they hear short-term rentals what do they associate with short-term rentals parties exactly mm -hmm. so let's x that out <laughs> right, right now like don't worry about that stuff okay, we're yeah. very diligent in posting signs screening the people there's no parties here if there's a party guess what there's a big fine if they're smoking there's a big fine so we, we really very clear and if they want to party they could go somewhere else yeah, like go to the bar we, yeah, yeah. We're, we're not a party house exactly. so and and things do happen like we did have someone wreck one of the places okay. and my buddy kyle he's like welcome to the business yeah so it, it, happens. it happens it happens just like and, with long-term rentals you yes know, every now and then you have those outliers where it's you have somebody outlier, that come in yep. yeah and, and destroy mm -hmm. so the in place. two years i had that one claim and airbnb i could 
show you how they 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 were wonderful in working with me and yeah so so what, what about that uh that rule in scottsdale about having someone on the phone or within an hour they got to respond or something did you read up on that yeah, you go i don't yet? have anything yeah. in scottsdale right now. oh you don't have okay no okay. i think it was just there but i would just a couple words of protection for yourself yeah. Make sure that HOA allows yeah. Airbnbs up front. So true. I just looked at this luxury and I told the agent, I'm like, dude, do they allow it or not? He's like, let's write their offer. I'm like, I'm not wasting anyone's right. time. Right. Call the HOA Monday morning, yeah, verify, mm-hmm. and still we want to see the what's called CCNRs. CCNRs mm-hmm. Make sure before we close on it because I don't want to get something and all of a sudden you know, they don't allow it. I know a couple of people that did that thought they were going to Airbnb some condos and the condo association didn't allow Airbnb. So they were stuck with those. Yeah. Properties. Yeah. Damn. It's always better to educate yourself yeah. up front than bite yourself. In the mm-hmm. Yeah. Or they have like thir- 30 days. Yeah. Or, yeah. Or yeah. I had that recently too. In Maricopa. Tenancy. I, yeah. The realtor reached out. I'm like, what are the rules? And she says 30 days. And so for me at this point, that wouldn't work because I like to do at least minimum of three days. Mm-hmm. And Arizona is a great state to start. We get a lot of traveling nurses. I mean, they kept yeah, us though. afloat. They're still coming. Well, what about um, uh, spring break? You're, you're ramping up in West Side of Phoenix. So, oh yeah. So yeah. with the Super Bowl, what are you thinking about the Super Bowl? Yeah. You have any predictions? Uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> You'll see once you guys start. The phone just goes like when you get those booking, yeah. it makes this cool sound. Okay. So I mean, yeah, I'm trying to get as many in glendale and again they don't have to be fancy dancy mm-hmm. like we yeah. have stuff and both my daughter and girlfriend they're like are you sure you want to be in this area i'm like what's the worst thing if it doesn't work we spent five thousand on decor and that's another thing i teach mm-hmm. about where to go for decor mm-hmm. what you know because i've learned a lot of by making my own mistakes of course yeah. and so that those two right across the street, like if it didn't work, I can make it a rental again. Yeah. Like, yeah. True. You know, so that's, true. that was my mindset. Or in this market, you can always sell it. I'm not selling <laughs> anything. I get calls out. I'm like, yeah. I've learned that before. Yeah. And then what am I going to do with the money? Like I could buy, I mean, everything's so elevated. That's the struggle yeah, right now in Arizona. True. So, true, so flip, we want to, Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Thanks, guys. And appreciate appreciate your time, man. For you guys, if you want to get in contact with Flip, how do we reach you? Right now, we're on Instagram at flippin uh, underscore az. Gotcha. And then we started a YouTube channel called the Airbnb Climb. Okay. And then we're on TikTok under the Airbnb Climb, doing some funny skits and stuff like that. But our goal right now is getting the courses launched but personally company-wide is to get 100k every month generated through airbnb passive income so we're that's why we named it the airbnb climb to show you guys on all social like we're 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 showing you the struggles the real stuff Mm -hmm. the the good stuff and it's it's gonna be fun to try to hit those cool man perfect well we'll make sure we have all of those links in the show notes so you can follow flip and what he's doing with the Airbnb climb. We want to thank you, Azria family and yeah. Azria members and Azria uh, AZ, the the community, the state. Yeah, thank this you is for a listening. great community that you guys have taken up. And I've been with 20 years since 
Alan started it. So it's yep. really happy to see you guys Perfect. take it to the next level. Awesome. Perfect. Man. Perfect. Perfect. Right, so we want to thank you for being here and we will catch you on the next show. Take it easy. See you. Thanks for listening to the Azria show with your hosts, Marcus Maloney and Mike Delpreet. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you found this information valuable, head over to azria.org and learn more about our community.